Welcome back to Cultivating Roots. We had a great time on the last episode with Nick McKenna. This week, we sat down with some of the founding members from the North Carolina STMA and the South Carolina STMA chapters to find out what it was like in the early days and how each chapter has grown into the organizations we all know. We also want to thank all of our listeners for the downloads this past week. We've had a lot of fun recording the episodes, and we hope you're enjoying them. And if you have any ideas for the show, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear what you think and uh, what kind of ideas you might come up with. If you're listening for the first time, you can find us on Twitter at the Twitter handle at C-Roots Podcast, or you can find us on the internet at www.cultivatingrootspodcast.org. So without further ado, let's jump right into the show with Tommy Walston, Bill McLemore, and Bruce Sutta. Tommy, how are you doing today? And if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're at in your role. Doing good, Robbie. Uh, great to be here with you guys. Uh, I'm Tommy Walston. I'm at East Carolina University. I oversee the North Rec Complex here at the university. That's basically a 129-acre athletic complex that is used by the student. We have eight sand-based fields, a couple lakes, disc golf course. And so it's pretty much a property that the uh, students use for intramurals, club sports, and so forth. This is going on uh, a little over 12 years now, Robbie. So, uh, you know, previously I was at the uh, Kinston Indians right up the road about 30 minutes and uh, was the head groundskeeper there in Kinston. Same thing for about 13 years over in Kinston. Uh, learned a lot and really enjoyed minor league baseball and had a chance to come over to ECU and have, have, have had a great time since I've been here. How about you, Bill? How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, thank you for inviting me to be on this. I'm very excited to be here, I guess, to talk about stories uh, from the past and, and how things got organized. But yeah, my name is Bill McLemore. I'm director of grounds at Charlotte Country Day School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Just completed my 23rd year here at the school. Country Day has uh, two campuses. Uh, we're located about three and a half miles apart. Our main campus consists of about 60 acres. 16 acres of those are athletic fields, 20 acres of landscape and campus turf. Our second campus, known as our middle school campus, consists of all our middle school kids from grade five through eight. It consists of about approximately 30 acres with eight acres of athletic fields and about eight acres of a campus turf. I oversee about a staff of 10, and all of our fields here are natural grass surfaces. Prior to coming to Country Day, graduate of North Carolina State University, Charlotte native, uh, was assistant golf course superintendent at Charlotte Country Club. Worked there eight years on and off uh, while in college. My goal in life at that time was obviously stay in the golf course industry, but as things around me changed and the opportunity arose, I decided to venture into the grounds and athletic field maintenance side. 23 years later, I'm still here and still loving it. Hey, Bill, we're about a mile apart, I think. How, how often do you think we actually see each other other than uh, on podcasts or video meetings or whatnot? Maybe for when times I, a year. <laughs> when, I, when I need to borrow a piece of equipment? Uh, yeah, mainly. <laughs> yep. yep. Seems like I'm uh, venturing over there quite a bit to raid your campus and all the great equipment that you have. So I, I definitely appreciate that. In this industry, people help each other out. So uh, that's what we're here for. It's always good to see you, though, when you come over. It's sad we're only, uh, we only see each other four times a year, but probably. <laughs> How about you, Bruce? Bruce Suttis, uh, Director of Building and Landscape Services at USC Upstate, which is a 
in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is a branch university of University of South Carolina in Columbia. Uh, we're about 340 acres manicured or, or maintained complex is 250. We only have about 22 acres of athletic fields that are all natural grass surfaces as well. We run a staff of about 15, 16 people. It depends on how many students we have working for us in the, in the summer and throughout the year. We're 6,100 student attendants here, give or take a few, depends on the semester and year. So we're pretty small compared to uh, USC and Columbia. But um, prior to coming to USC Upstate, I actually worked for a chemical company that had a uh, division that was uh, turf management with spray pattern indicators, foliar fertilizers, uh, that kind of thing. So my career path is pretty much opposite of what most people do. They generally go out into the industry and and maintain athletic fields, and then they find some kind of corporate job somewhere. So don't ask me why I'm so weird, but I went backwards with that. You know, early on, uh, I worked at a, a local golf course that was close to my house and school in high school. So I actually rode my dirt bike to, to the golf course uh, only a couple miles away in, in school. Then went to college, then went to work for the chemical company. I was there uh, lacking two months, 20 years. So I got a late start at this deal here. And I've been at USC Upstate for 18 and a half years now. So that kind of lets you know that I'm kind of old. Glad to be here. Uh, glad to be a part of this. This this is my very, very first podcast. So uh, this should be entertaining. I'm glad you've had practice, Robbie, because you're going to yeah. need it with me. Yeah, trust me. He's, he's had to do a lot of editing on this thing with, with me. <laughs> Great that these things are recorded and not live, too. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, what we found is is in doing these things, the, the best ones are, are the most organic, the most, you know, just having a conversation. That's kind of what I think we figured out over the last couple of weeks is the more natural it is, the better they are. We seem to have a, a good split between people who started in golf or who just jumped straight into sports turf. I didn't, Tommy, did you go straight into sports turf, or did you have a, a bit of a golf background at all? I did. I started in the golf background as well. Worked here at Greenville Country Club, left Greenville Country Club, and went to Book Valley and helped with the uh, building of that before I left to go and to uh, work with the Kinston Indians. Were you involved in any of the, the golf uh, organizations, or was the was it the Eastern Turfgrass Association? Was that your first venture into the to this side of things? It was. They have a great organization down the uh, Eastern uh, Association and uh, had, had got a chance to be involved with that. And that's part of also, you know, when we first started the sports turf, sort of the background from that got me inspired to do the same for the uh, sports turf guys. What did you do with the Eastern Turfgrass Association? Well, I was just involved as a member. How about you, Bill? You, you and Tommy kind of came together at some point. You were part of the Western Turfgrass. Is that that how everyone came together to become North Carolina? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, while in the golf course industry, I was sort of a member of the, what they call the North-South Turf Association, which is sort of a regional group around here. Also a member of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendent Association uh, and a member of the Turfgrass Council of North Carolina. So being, being in all these organizations really kind of gave me an opportunity to see how, you know, organizations bring people together, bring ideas together. And um, also, you know, a way to network with people. So that was sort of my 
my introduction into when I came, finally came over to the sports turf side of things, I thought, you know, there's really nothing going on in North Carolina for sports turf. Met Tommy Walston probably around 99, I believe, at a Turfgrass Council of North Carolina conference in Charlotte. I believe I met you too, Clark, that year. Probably around 99. Does that sound about right? That's, that's, that sounds about right. I believe you were with NC State at that time. I was. And so uh, Tommy and I started talking and um, just kind of getting some ideas. And so uh, sort of that, that sort of led me to to start thinking about, you know, getting into this, uh, get creating something for North Carolina. At the time, I didn't know what was going on or nobody really, there was nothing organized at the time that I could recall. So Clark, you and Bill have a little bit of a history together uh, going back to going back to Turfgrass Council of North Carolina. What was your early involvement with that group? Yeah, the, the Turfgrass Council of North Carolina, and I, I believe that group's still, still going strong, guys, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, when I first got into this industry in, in 1997, uh, we used to go to the, the, the TCNC conference. They used to have a conference every year in Charlotte. That was one of the first places I ever went where I met people and got to know people and realized that, that, that there's this group of people out there who are as passionate about grass as as I was and uh, and realized that it was, a, it was a pretty neat deal. It was a pretty big show back then, if I'm not mistaken. Plus, it was a, it was a great opportunity for us uh, at the time. I, I, I'd never been much out of uh, Johnston County. Uh, other than going to Wake County, the NC State, coming up to Charlotte was like, you know, country comes to town. So uh, it was it was a great couple of days to 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 meet new people and kind of kind of see the world. That Charlotte show, I think, was my first introduction. I was still at Myers Park Country Club at the time, but that was my first introduction to conference world. And, you know, I was pretty young at the time that we used that more as a fun day. The crew got to go and have fun and, and goof off. But I think it's interesting how how we probably all have ventured through each other's paths at different stages of our careers and maybe not known it. You know, we've interviewed a lot of NC State people so far and you know, it's it's always amazing to to meet people along the way and then see where your paths have crossed. Kind of leads us a little bit to to Bruce. How did you first come in contact with, you know, the STMA or the North Carolina you know, guys, how, how did we begin to come together like that? Yeah, Robbie, uh, kind of the same way was the TCNC. When I worked for uh, the chemical company, which was Millican Chemical then, and with that turf product line, uh, we were able to do a little bit of traveling, and they would exhibit at uh, these shows, uh, along with the National Golf Course Superintendent Show. Uh, they attended some of the state and regional shows, and TCNC in Charlotte was one of them. And that's where I kind of started meeting people in the turf industry, making relationships with those folks. And uh, one thing led to another. So that it's, it's kind of all working together, whether you're in North Carolina or South Carolina, we were still going the same shows. We just didn't know each other. I probably got there. I probably got there ahead of some people, except maybe Tommy. <laughs> but uh you know, it's uh, it was a learning experience then in South Carolina. At the time, we uh, had the South Carolina Turfgrass Foundation, which was uh, uh, run by Sam Cheatham at the time, if that brings back a little history for some people. And it was a really good organization, had a lot of people uh, involved with it, but most of that was through the golf industry. 
and not the sports turf industry. And the SCLTA, the South Carolina Landscape and Turfgrass Association, is another organization that brought together mainly horticulture and turfgrass associations and head education and trade show as well. So those were professional organizations within the state that helped promote uh, education at the time along with the, the golf course superintendents. So I, I got to tag along to a lot of different universities uh, working with that company, you know, UGA, Clemson, Penn State, Michigan State, doing uh, research. So back to that that nerd part of me, I guess you would say, for, for research and, and doing testing with the company, I got to meet some of those people out that normally I would not have met. Guys, I'm the, the young buck, I guess, so to speak, on this group of people we have today. You know, I'm from North Carolina, went to NC State, but most of my career was spent in Maryland, and I've been in the Charlotte area for four, four or five years now. But it's this is an educational session for me uh, just to hear kind of some of these stories. But when the two when the two chapters started their formation, how closely together did that happen or did that coincide with each other? So, Bill and Tommy, when you guys kind of decided to to get the North Carolina chapter off the ground and running, Bruce, were you kind of doing the same thing in South Carolina? And did you guys talk or did it just? kind of organically come together and just coincide that, that both of you decided to do that? Well, I'll, I'll start with that, Matt, in that, you know, the Eastern part started back in 1999. I started that in Kinston with the help of Dr. Art Bruno and the way it sort of started. And I'll lead up to, to how all this merged and, and, and turn it over to Bill in a minute, uh, the Western part. But, you know, like everybody today, I get calls from local coaches, local little leagues, and how to maintain baseball fields. There was no book at that time or any kind of um, uh, education of how do I maintain a field? How do I maintain the skin area? You know, most of the guys that were maintaining athletic fields this time or at that time did what the person before them did. It was just very basic. And, you know, so Dr. Art Bruno, I got with Art, and I said, look, we need to put together a little clinic, a couple hours one morning, and so the summer, we, Art and I just talked about this a lot of times. It started back in 99, and we, he came down one summer morning, and we probably had 15 or 20 guys, and that's the way it started. Um, the following years, it got a little bigger and a little bigger because word continued to grow around eastern North Carolina. And basically from I-95 to the coast, we were hosting guys for free. Whatever day that we decided, we would just get on a, a phone tree and start passing word around that Tommy Walston down in Kinston is hosting a uh, grounds seminar. Come on down for free, and we'll share ideas and we'll learn how to maintain athletic fields. And of course, Art would you know talk about turf and how it related to uh, football and softball and uh, soccer. And so that's how it just sort of grew over the years. I can remember back in, in, in 02, and Art and I talked about this at length, we had a week in, in 2002 where we went on the road. We started in Fayetteville with the help of Terry Nance. That was one of our largest uh, attendees back then, and we had 114 guys that showed up. And back then, we didn't have sponsors. Bill and uh, Mike Moore and I joke all the time, we would get a $25 check or a $50 check from a sponsor, and we had hit lottery. I mean, that was incredible money for us back then. And so, you know, we, we would go to, we went to Fedville. The next day, we went to Rocky Mount. 
The next day we went to uh, Elizabeth City. And so we were going all over the eastern half of the state just promoting sports turf and helping these coaches and little leagues and all the folks that wanted to listen of how to maintain an athletic field. And over the years, towns like Jacksonville and New Bern and Goldsboro, there's been a uh, group that have become more interested. And a lot of the, as you know, a lot of these towns don't have the money to send guys to a national event. And so this was our way of helping out for free and, and answering questions to the guys that, that don't have the resources. It became a big network. And that's, that's sort of how we, we developed this eastern half of the state. And a big part of this also is with Dr. Bruno is you have to go back and credit Casey Reynolds, or I should say Dr. Casey Reynolds now, with, with the help that he had. You know, with him being at NC State from uh, 2000 to around 2003, doing his master's, and then later on, 2008 to about 2013, he stayed a constant face of sports turf. And while we as officers rotated in and out of certain positions, Casey stayed in as a constant to this organization in North Carolina. And, of course, Art was there the whole time. And then Grady, came, Grady Miller, Dr. Miller came in and, and helped him. What a national presence he brought in. But there were certain folks that really helped promote this in the eastern half, uh, and Art just was was a big part of that. Another person that was really, really instrumental was Eddie Rosedahl. And Bruce and I will talk about that, you know, a little bit later. Of, of Eddie was the one that really brought North Carolina and South Carolina together. He was the connection between the two. But, you know, with Casey and Eddie Rosedahl with Smith Perfect Irrigation at that time, and STI was a huge factor Eddie was on the road, and Eddie was the one that was passing out brochures. When Eddie was calling on recreation departments, uh, high schools, Eddie would promote this dramatically, going, hey, you guys need to, you know, get tied in with the sports turf guys, the Eastern group, or if you're in the Western half, you know, Talwood Bill or George Trivet or Mike Hassan, some of the other guys in the West, some of the early pioneers that helped us. You know, so once we got started in 99, and then it sort of uh, – it just continued to grow from there. And then that's when Bill came in around 2002, 2003, Bill. Yeah, I came in, like I said earlier, I met Tommy in 99 at a TCNC conference in Charlotte. Uh, I think him and I had a pretty good discussion about how what he was doing out in the eastern part of the state. And I kept thinking, man, that sounds like something that I really would like to do over on this side, knowing that North Carolina is such a, a large state, one end to the other over, what, 500-something miles. I sort of put together a little group of guys. I started contacting some people that I met through this, uh, Mike Hassan, Peter Ash, G.C. Trivet. Mike is from Morganton. G.C.'s around the Morganton area, too, I believe. Peter Ash was at University of uh, North Carolina at Greensboro. Uh, Mark Davis from um, the city of Asheville. We all met at a little diner up in Morganton area. This had to be probably around 2000 to talk about what can we do to to organize? What how, what do we need to do? I was very active in the TCNC at the time. was really eager to get something going. And it just, we met there. We had some great ideas. We sort of left that meeting with some, some items we wanted to work on. And just like a lot of things that happen, people get busy. Things kind of fall to the wayside. Nothing really, nothing really came out of that other than the fact that I just kept trying to figure out, okay, how can I do this? How can I organize this? What, what can I do? I continued to talk to Tommy. 
Dr. Bruno really was a very inspiring person in terms of uh, saying, hey, Bill, here's what you need to do. Let's get this thing going. I said, if you'll help me and, and guide me a little bit here, I'd never put together an organization. I've been a part of a lot of them, never put them together. So he helped out kind of a kind of how him and Tommy sort of created their organization on the eastern side. So around 2004, we created what we called the Western North Carolina Sports Turf Association, mainly handled Raleigh West. When you say Tommy, that's about right. Most of the most of the people from Raleigh to the west toward Asheville and all. And our first meeting was was a 2000 summer of 2004 here at the school. We had about uh, 15, 20 people, um, which hey, I thought that was a success at the time. But uh, leading up to that, you know, we we feed everybody. You know, none of us have ever been to a meeting without getting fed somehow. To create this organization, I deposited 250 dollars of my own money into the of a checking account to kind of get us up and running, not knowing if I'd ever get it back. But I didn't really care. That was just my commitment to the uh, to the calls I felt at the time. And after that meeting happened, I had uh, several vendors. And um, of those vendors that came, I raised 325 bucks. I felt it was success. You know, I think our meal cost a hundred and uh, a little over a hundred dollars. It wasn't quite as much back then. So we had some money to start out with. We would hold a couple of meetings a year during uh, 2004, 2005, and uh, around 2006. And that was uh, around those those uh, years in 2006, we, Tommy and I got together and we decided, look, let's just make this one thing. Let's let's make this one organization. Let's not have a we- eastern side. Let's not have a western side. Let's just create and put it together and have a North Carolina Sports Turf Association. And so we did that. And all uh, as Tommy mentioned, Casey Reynolds, Dr. Art Bruno, Eddie Rosedahl, all those guys were very, very big, big part of this creation of of the Sports Turf Association for North Carolina. They were really, really big players. And so we started having sort of some meetings together. We, we got in with the TCNC a little bit. They, they would put together a um, like maybe an hour seminar at their conferences. So we would get at least one hour of uh, sports turf education at, at a three-day conference. So we felt that was a pretty good a pretty good deal. But there again, at the time, I was on the board of the TCNC, kind of kept pushing the board to accept sports turf, became president of the TCNC in 2008. I know this is jumping up a little bit. Tommy and I got together with Dr. Bruno, and we decided, let's see if we can jump on board with TCNC and TCNC would want to help us promote this because we were a small group and we really needed some some help in getting this thing moving forward. And so we brought it to the TCNC. We brought the North Carolina Sports Service Association, TCNC, and said, hey, guys, we would like to be a part of the TCNC. Would you guys want to help us out, you know, kind of help us get, get moving forward with this and it sort of be sort of an arm of the TCNC? And unfortunately, at the time, they did. They denied us. They turned us down and said, "No, we 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 don't want to do that. That's not not our focus." Um, so at the time, it was a little bit disappointing, but that just led us into our next move, and that was uh, Tommy, myself, Dr. Bruno, and Casey met in Raleigh, and we discussed and brainstormed about how we're going to move this thing forward. And National STMA was starting to move forward pretty good at that time, and they were. They were um, known throughout the country, and um, so it was brought up about, hey, do we want to do, do this? And so the four of us, I believe, I don't believe anybody else was there that day, but the four of us decided that, yeah, let's just uh, let's, let's create a chapter. Let's create a North Carolina chapter. You know, they're, they're there to help us out. Let's do it. So 
that's sort of how we got to the point of becoming the North Carolina chapter of the STMA. So what you're saying is, is that if the TCNC had not denied you, who knows where that chapter would be? It's interesting to me that they would have, what was their reasoning, Bill, that they didn't want to support that? Direction. At the time, I, I was actually president of the of the chapter. Obviously, I had to recuse myself from the vote. TCNC was going through some downtime around then. A lot of the superintendents were were sort of leaving the organization and heading toward the the Carolinas at the time. The Carolinas was getting bigger. Carolinas Golf Course Superintendent Association was getting bigger. So they were in a little bit of a, a spiral, but there were still a lot of guys that saw the organization as more of a golf organization. Unfortunately, and uh, sports turf was, I mean, you got to realize we were a very, very small part at that time. And I just, I have a feeling that they just didn't, they didn't see the future in sports turf. They didn't want to go down that path. And um, that was a decision that was made. I I wasn't very happy about the decision, but, you know, sometimes you uh, go through some road, bump, you know, road bump, blocks and road you know, bumps just before you can actually succeed. So, I just felt that that was just a, a bump in the road along the way. Um, looks like we turned out pretty well, I believe. Clark, I think it's interesting, and, and all you guys sitting here understand that, it seems like if you really look at our growth, every time that we have made a big jump, it came from a bump in the road. And I look back at the, the TCNC denial, and – our industry in the sports turf was really taken off at that time frame. Because of that, we came together as North Carolina chapter, and then we merged with the South Carolina chapter, and we take off again. And as we'll talk about when the uh, the Southeastern board, we hit a little bump in the road, and then all of a sudden look where the next step came in our organization and our conference our, in Myrtle Beach, how it exploded again. So I think as you follow our history – Every time we hit a little bump, the next step was a big increase. And so I think we've just been very blessed as an organization. And I just, you know, I, I, timing has been incredible. We've had some incredible folks uh, that are passionate about uh, sports turf. And I, I think that's if you look at all these folks and, you know, I even think about uh, Terry Nance down in Fayetteville, who was a key component down in that area of the state. Uh, of people that are so passionate about sports turf and how they've helped this organization along the way to build things. And, and that's how we got merged with South Carolina. It goes back to Eddie Rosedahl introducing me to Mike Burgess at a national. That's when the talks between North Carolina and South Carolina started, which would evolve into us really talking in 2008 and creating a conference together in 2009. And so with, Sort of that segue, I know we've talked a lot, a lot about North Carolina, but I want to give Bruce a chance to talk about South Carolina and his perspective of, of how we merge as well. Thanks, Tommy. Clark, we, we may have to team up on this. I've got a lot of archived information, and, and uh, it goes back a long way. But it's, it's very similar to, to North Carolina because at the time when, when I got involved early on, I was still working for the chemical company and it was all about golf. And we were talking more about sports turf and trying to get into that market just, you know, from, from that side of it. Then I made a job change coming here to USC upstate kind of realized a little more about sports turf, but really how this got started 
in in South Carolina was uh, a lot of the sports turf guys, the parks and rec guys, uh, a few high school, but not much. Some of the college guys would go to the education sessions at Clemson's Turfgrass Field Day, go to the SCLTA, go to different education sessions. But at that time, they were more golf-driven than they were sports turf. And, you know, the, the education just was just not abundant for athletic field managers. Uh, Dr. Trent Hale was at the Clemson PD station. He became friends with Alan Wilson of Wilson Sports Turf, Mike Burgess of Smith Turf and Irrigation. He was our South Carolina rep for the upstate and travel the roads. Uh, Bruce Veeman from long ago uh, worked for Burnett Athletics. And I'm telling you, they burnt the roads up visiting high schools, parks and recs, and they were the education at the time because there was nowhere else for these guys to go. A lot of them couldn't travel. So there were a lot of people that was really hungry for education in South Carolina because they didn't have an avenue. Dr. Hale, early in 2003, down at the the Clemson field day at the PD station, had sent out an invite. He and Alan uh, sent out an invite for people to say, hey, if you're interested in something to do with sports turf uh, after the symposium here, let's meet in the afternoon and discuss something. So we had a handful of people there. Feeman was there. Alan was there. Uh, Mike Burgess was there. Trent, uh, myself, BJ Hanert from uh, Modern Turf, and Robert Eastler from here at USC Upstate was there. And Clark, I'm thinking you were there then? Nope. That's before nope. I that was before my time here. I didn't get here until spring of 04. Okay. So that was that was right before I arrived in South okay. Carolina. Dr. Hale uh was uh for instrumental. He did the legwork, the application, went to the STMA. Pretty much he, Alan, and Mike made that effort to make that go. We uh, we kind of put ourselves, since we had such a small group, as our committee at the time to, to make the, uh, the effort to reach out to other folks. We had a meeting. Our very first meeting was down at Ori Georgetown, the Grand Strand campus, which is the old Air Force base there. We had somewhere between 50 and 60 people out of that invite. And I can't express enough about the guys that hit the road that are the commercial guys in the industry like Alan, Mike Burgess, and Bruce Veeman. Because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have had 55 or 60 people there. They, they beat the bushes out there to, to say, hey, if you're interested in education and – wanting to learn a little bit more on how to maintain your fields. We're going down this road and we would like to have you there for this meeting to have input on the direction of, of what, what trend envisioned as joining the national STMA and being a South Carolina chapter. We had that meeting and believe it or not, that meeting started at 7 PM at the Ori Georgetown Grand Strand campus because it was kind of after the South Carolina Parks and Rec Conference 
that uh, was held down at the beach at the, uh, the Spring Made Beach Resort, which is where we are now for the uh, Southeast Regional Conference. That's uh, kind of ironic if you look at some of the history there, how that happened. At the meeting at Ori Georgetown, there was an elections made. We proposed a, uh, a list of officers. Those officers were voted on. Alan Wilson was our very first South Carolina STMA chapter president on paper at the time. And I was the president-elect. Mike Burgess was secretary-treasurer. Bruce Veeman was commercial VP. And Dr. Trent Hale was our executive director. So Trent made all the nuts and bolts work of this thing. He was the he was the backbone of it right then and made the initial input into the STMA. Then in the, the next January, that would have been 04, I guess it would be at the National Conference in San Diego for the STMA, uh, Allen accepted the, the gavel and we were officially a chapter, the South Carolina STMA, uh, the national. So that's that's kind of a little bit of the background. And and to Tom, what Tommy was talking about uh, with Eddie Rosedahl and and Mike Burgess, because they worked both for STI at the time, were reaching out both to North Carolina, South Carolina. You know, Trent's putting these brochures together, trying to to solicit members. You know, and that was our way of getting information out to potential members. We didn't have a membership list at the time. We didn't have a bunch of emails. We didn't have a lot of phone numbers. Those guys went out and beat the doors down to give that information to people that were actually hungry for it. it, it uh, it's just amazing how much uh, work and effort went into starting that chapter. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much how South Carolina got going then. You know, we were, we were moving along with various meetings throughout the year. Uh, I remember some of our very first meetings was with Butter down at uh, Pelicans at the time. And, uh, you know, when I go back and I look at Coastal Federal Field on the brochure, you know, it brings like uh, a lot of old memories back of, of what we were doing then, you know, and, and that's back in, uh, in November of 04 then. So we were, we were trying to reach out to our folks in a professional manner and kind of patterning ourselves after some of the work that the golf course guys had done and then uh, getting those people to come to meetings for education. How hard was it in the early days to get a facility to let you come and host a, a meeting? It wasn't too bad because we had we had some of those professional guys, uh, you know, and, and, and I call the, the Pelicans professional for us then to, to come down. We, we had Ori Georgetown, uh, which is the uh, uh, golf and, and now sports turf education school right in our door down there. It was a drawing card at the time because the Carolinas were already at the convention center and we, we would – tag along with their trade show. We would do our education separately and do uh, their trade show and get in, walk around and see all the, the nice toys that, that were there that normally we would have to come see, drive in on a trailer or at somebody else's place. But uh, no, we had a lot of small uh, meetings at Parks and Rec. 
I mean, if you think about it, going to, to King's Tree for a meeting, we, we had a, a great meeting down there. Aiken was one of our first meetings uh, with Aiken Parks and Rec. And uh, actually, Dale Getz came down. He was working with Toro at the time. So, you know, I think he had made that move from Notre Dame over to Toro. And the Smith Turf guys made a few phone calls and connections and, and got Dale down to, to come do a, an educational talk at the, at the Aiken meeting. So it, it really wasn't too hard to, to find a complex or a meeting site. What was hard was getting the information out to potential members and getting them excited to come to an education session and getting their uh, administration to allow them to come. Cost was minimal then, and like Bill said, you know, we felt like our, our meetings consisted of who would sponsor lunch that day. So, you know, we would go out and solicit trying to, to find someone to, to pay for lunch. Everything else is free. Generally, our sites that we went to, we didn't have to pay for is, hey, guys, just come, you know, help us put the chairs up and take them down and that kind of thing. So, uh, man, meetings in the early days was all about who would pay for lunch. <laughs> well, what was the number one menu item in the early days? Barbecue. Are you not kidding me, man? <laughs> I just wanted to hear somebody say that because all when yeah. Jimmy was president of North Carolina STMA, I think he vowed not to have barbecue at any meeting. Yeah. Well, I, I'll have to say now we had we had one of our meetings. There's two two that stand out in my mind. Is Clark had some folks come in when we had a meeting down at Williams Bryce. And they brought some fried chicken and green beans and macaroni home cooking stuff that, man, I'm telling you, it was amazing. It was good. I don't even remember the name of the group, Bruce. I think they, they don't, they don't, they're not in existence anymore, but, boy, that was some good stuff. It was good. I, I, I was, it was one of those somebody gave me their name, and I said, I'm going to just go out on a limb here. But gosh, it was good. That was like going to grandma's kitchen to eat, man. I'm telling you, that was some home cooking right there. Now I see why everybody wanted to go to y'all's meetings and not ours. I was feeding them sandwiches and all because that's about all I could afford. (laughs) Y'all down there giving them fried chicken and everything. Have you seen me and Bruce? We, we, you know, (laughs) we're going to eat. We're going to Mark eat. Mark has a point. Oh, we, we love to eat, too. It's just I couldn't afford it, man. <laughs> yeah, you got to remember, uh, when we got $25 checks, we were excited from sponsors. And so we were looking at $6 barbecue plate to feed everybody. You know, education's been a big factor in how both these organizations started. When did the organizations decide to get together and begin the Sports Turf Conference down in Myrtle Beach? Well, I think that started around the 2008 time frame, uh, Robbie. And as you can see right here, just, you know, on this, on this Zoom call, the relationships between everybody was already formed. Uh, everybody knew each other every, as far as North Carolina and South Carolina. Everybody had great relationships. And it just made really simple these two organizations combining um, together. I mean, it was really, a, a, you know, a great fit. And so we got together uh, or started talking in 2008, but formally was 2009 was our first conference together. 
And that was in, in conjunction with the golf course superintendent show in Myrtle Beach. And that's where it all started at the conference center down there. And I know it was um, Mike Burgess and Bruce and Patrick Jonas, I believe Bruce, and myself and Bill and Casey Reynolds were the six that sort of put the first conference together. You know, we had some great topics. Of course, that Monday, everybody played golf because we really didn't have anything on Mondays back then. Tuesday, we had uh, our, our education, and you know, Bruce can probably get a little more detail on that. And then we had uh, the trade show that we go to and the dinner. And then that night, we had our froggy bottoms, as everybody remember, our social. And then uh, Wednesday morning, we had some education. I think Larry DeVito was the key speaker that year. So we started out with some great speakers uh, right from the start. And that's how we sort of took off in 2009. And I'm going to sort of jump in there because that's when we we really felt like as two groups, we had a really good thing going. And our industry as a whole, the sports turf industry, was really starting to take off. And that's when I think as a group, we decided to venture out our own. And that's when – we moved our conference and our event to the Caravel. Caravel was really nice to us. They gave us free meeting spaces. You know, they were a perfect fit for our organization at that time. You know, I, I think the guys can, uh, I, I know a lot of them were there. I think that first meeting, we probably had one little side room. We had the, the education in, and then they moved the curtains over, and we had lunch in the other side. And I think we may have had about 25 to 40 guys there that first year on our own. But we were off and running, and and every year since 2009, our attendance has increased. And that's phenomenal of, of how it speaks of the guys that are involved with that board and, and our industry as a whole, and it all gets back to word of mouth and everybody and relationships we've built. But, you know, Bruce and, and, and uh, Bill can, can further uh, give some more information on, on how that is just continue to grow. Hey, but before we, we move on to that, you, you mentioned that the first conference you had about 30 to 40 people. How does that make you all feel to know that that's grown to about over 400? Humble. I mean, to, to know that that many people trust in what you're putting together, to so many people trust the education that you're providing, you know, it's, it's, exciting at one point, Robbie, but to know where how blessed we were to where we started and how we have grown so much. I just I mean none of this would be possible without the sponsors that believed in us. And I think, you know, the one thing that we have said since day one, we're not in this to make money at all. We were in this to provide an education to guys that had that never had that experience to go to a national, that never had someone around to share, this is how you drag a field. This is the kind of fertilizer that you need on your Bermuda grass. There was no one there really for a lot of guys to help them succeed in, in their field. And I think once, you know, we started helping guys and people started helping us help people and, and they started seeing the success, everybody wanted to be a part of that. It was, again, it wasn't about us. It was about us taking the money that sponsors trusted us with and putting it back into our attendees and giving them the best experience that we could to help further them in their own work environment. I got to say, I mean, I'm just, I am in awe listening to this conversation because it's just amazing to hear 
how this all came about to what it is today, especially as I, as I said earlier, being somebody who, you know, the early part of my career was not in North Carolina. But when I was in Maryland, even from the beginning, and I was in Maryland 2008, 2009, 2010, but hearing what what I heard up there about the growth of this uh, of these two chapters and them coming together, and I got to be honest, I was envious. Thought about what it would be like to be a part of that. And when I when I moved to Charlotte, it was honestly like on my calendar as a highlight event that I that I just knew that I had to be a part of. And I just uh, last year went to my fourth fourth Southeast Regional Conference and. It's an amazing thing that it's turned into. And just to hear the growth of it is, I mean, hats off to you guys. I mean, it is, it is truly unbelievable to hear what it, what it has become from the grassroots and just the efforts that you guys have put in and, and, and along with everybody else that you've mentioned. So I'm, I'm literally amazed at what I'm hearing. Matt, with your, uh, you saying that, I mean, that is what we got in to do this. That's the reason we did this. For everybody, it's not. There's nothing personal about this. It was for everybody. It was meant. It was put together. I know for myself, it's so rewarding to see what it's become. All the long days, hours that we put in for this thing, and now to sit back and kind of have so many more people involved with it with such great ideas. I mean, we've been involved so long. We got so many more people in it now, and. And, but we, I think all three of us would say that we, we didn't do this for ourselves. This was, this was for our industry as a whole, rather to promote, to get us to where we are today. I think it's fascinating that after I moved down here and became a part of this, now to go to the conference and, and see, see colleagues that I had when I worked in Maryland and in Virginia that are now taking part in what's being offered. I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. Um, but you know, I, I got a I got a text from a colleague at UMBC who had listened to the podcast, but he was in attendance last year at our conference. It's just it, it, I'm just floored by how it's grown, and you know where when I was there, I wasn't I didn't know that it would turn into what it did. Now we're reaching that segment of our you know colleague. Matt, I, I want to add to that. You know, everybody that has become involved with the conference and and working together between North and South Carolina, that you can feel the passion that each person has in bringing the education and trying to make this union a success in getting education out to folks. And and like Tommy and, and Bill has said, we we haven't been in this for the money and that our sponsors trusted us in getting there. I think that all of those sponsors and the people that have come in in, in attendance recognize that and and see the value in that. But but on a personal note, I know from my viewpoint, I have met and are now very good friends with some very special people. You learn people, you, you know people as long as we've been doing this committee and putting this conference together. And and you you can almost read their mind now of, of what they got going on. That's kind of scary. It's like being married to all these guys. Uh, I, I'm telling you, man, it, it it is it is one more very special group of people, and, and I think it, that our sponsors understand all of us and where we're coming from and what we're trying to do. 
and bringing on a, a lot of uh, different people for education and, and some, some other guys that have gotten into the committee now, it gets contagious after a while. And, and you, you just want to keep succeeding at it. And, and the ball just keeps rolling. And that's, that's where we want to go. But our ultimate goal is to get that education out to folks and, and make them a better person, a better field manager, and, and, and to be honest, it makes me one too, just to see others succeed. I think one of the biggest things in doing all that, Bruce, that, and, and it is a focus of the committee that puts on this conference, is to keep it affordable so that it's accessible to everyone, whether that be the smallest parks and rec department in the low country of South Carolina to uh, the biggest professional team uh, in Charlotte. To me, it's that's that is still very much the focus of the group is to try to keep this thing grassroots and keep it affordable for all. Uh, to me, it's I don't think there's a better value for what you're getting out there anywhere uh, for the education and the experience that that come along with our our conference. I still, you know, I, I don't think that's something we. Sh- I mean, obviously we we're humble, but I, I really do believe that's something that we can crow about. Is is that, that it, there's not a better value out there anywhere. I think it's great to see, too, just how well everyone works together to put it on. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different things, and it could get really complicated. You know, egos could get in the way, but, you know, it's a really special group, and that that really doesn't happen. And I think that's a definitely a testament to how y'all have grown the, the organization from the ground up. Absolutely. So we like to put as a final kind of talking point we like to put everybody on the spot so if anybody can you know bruce bill tommy if y'all can remember any of the challenges y'all had along the way (laughs) this is is kind of our our you know our ending point here we like to have a good time with it so there anything that y'all remember that really stands out that man i that worked out but you know i was wasn't quite so sure as we were going down that path well i'll be glad to step out there first food is always at the top of, of a human male's mind, uh, it seems like. One of my main epic fails was in Keston. When we hosted about our second or third conference there, that's when we started reaching out and uh, stretching out and provide lunch. And you got to remember that these events were free. We were trying to just help everybody. And, uh, well, the problem was we had a few more people to show up than we had food for that day. We had no means of counting back then. You know, we could only go uh, assume of how many were going to show up. And uh, we used to have a, uh, a gentleman to cook barbecue chicken for us. Tony was serving that day, and I can remember, and I started looking at the line going underneath the session stand, and I started looking at the chickens coming off the grill, and I started looking back, and I started looking. I'm like, boy, we are fixing to be in trouble. Somebody's going to get a hot dog instead of a a piece of barbecue chicken. And so needless to say today, since I'm in charge of the food at the uh, conference, you can see why I pay such strict number uh, attention to the numbers. And yeah, that was one of the things that we learned the hard way of it's so important for these guys to call in and please let us know you're coming so we can make sure we got food for you. But I'm how, many, you, how many hot dogs did you have to serve that day, Tommy? We had about two dozen hot dogs. We rolled out extra and they were only one. They didn't get two. So, <laughs> so you have to run out to the local store and grab some more uh, food. 
Yeah, we had to run and get some more food. That wasn't that wasn't a good situation. And some guys were uh, nice and gracious enough. To just they left and went to McDonald's and came back. But I'm gonna tell you, you know, a lot of those guys were appreciative. And and what you don't, what we don't talk about sometimes is the relationships that we build with the actual attendees that attend these conferences and guys that you would never have gotten to net and, you know, are just so grateful that you shared information because somebody was nice enough to bless you with information and you passing it on. And uh, there's so many guys I'll go on vacation at the beach or something and stop by their fields just to meet them with a few minutes, just because they become friends. And I'm always, you know, watching on Friday night football and, um, I'm not watching if their team won or not. I'm looking at the field and seeing how our field's holding up because I know I might get a call from them on Monday. So anything you can do to help these guys out, and, and these Bill and Bruce and, you know, all these guys have talked about it before. It's just the relationships of knowing that you're trying to help folks in this, and that's all it's about. But that's one of my epic fails of making sure we got enough food. So if you stand, see me standing by the uh, – uh, the buffet line at the uh, Southeastern Conference and counting and looking and starting to get a little worried, you'll understand why. How about you, Bill? Anything stand out for you? Well, you know, I was kind of opposite of Tommy here. Um, back in the early days of uh, the North Carolina, western side of the uh, North Carolina Association there, we uh, we tried to maintain most of our meetings around the Charlotte area. We did go up toward Greensboro. That worked out pretty well. But obviously in the early days, we had some ideas that, we wanted to go to Morganton. Mike Hassan was a big part of the early days of trying to get us going. And he said, Bill, I want to have a meeting up in, up in Morganton, city of Morganton. Okay, Mike, let's do it. We put this meeting together. I think I, we used to take phone calls back then on who was going to come up, who's going to come and who's not. I think I had about 50 to 55 people call or, or email or say, hey, we're coming, we're coming. So we get everything together. I book the food, get the catering and everything, and we get up there. And, well, you know, in the early days, not not everybody showed up. Uh, we had about 14 people there that day, and about 13 of them besides myself were vendors, it seemed like. <laughs> so uh, that was sort of uh, one of our, our letdowns, but that was like there, there again was a bump in the road. We had food for days. People were taken to go boxes. I think we ended up giving a grounds crew next that was working on the park. We gave them the rest of the food. They were very happy, but I, I would say in terms of meeting wise and all, that was probably one of our least attended meetings that we had. I guess don't know, don't really have a reason for it. Uh, it's just uh, didn't turn out well for us that day, but things worked out in the long run. How about you, Bruce? So- South Carolina doesn't have any or hasn't had any food issues, have they? No real food issues, but the one major epic fail that will stand out in my mind and the early officers of the South Carolina STMA about our second second or third year in as being a chapter, we had a July meeting in Lexington at the Parks and Rec Complex. And we had, uh, it was a field day, uh, kind of like an outdoor trade show. The only thing we had was an outdoor pavilion to uh, serve food and congregate at and do our education session. There was a, I don't know whether it was a retention pond or some kind of drainage area that was not too far away from this pavilion. But I'm telling you, man, when the food came out, so did the bugs. They (laughs) ate us up that day and it was like 95 degrees <laughs> and we had more sponsors 
and commercial people there than we did uh, sports turf managers. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those things you hate to see is those guys looking at each other, talking to each other, not enough guys uh, that's actually field managers. And then we we kind of thinking about it. This is July, man. Everybody's grass is growing like crazy. Well, no, no wonder nobody's here. The bugs were just unreal. I got home, man, and I had red dots all over me. Clark, I, I don't know if you was there then or if you've heard about that. That well, meeting, no, I was that there. Had, it but was, it goes down in history. It was smoking too that day. I mean, it was man, it was hot. It I know. I, I won't forget that. That that was. It was. Uh, and you're right. The bugs were just terrible. But and yeah, it, I think we vowed to never have a July meeting again. So never again. We have we have held to that pretty well over the last umpteen years. So that is South Carolina's major epic fail uh, one. I could probably come off with a few more, but that one is the highlight. I thought somebody would have mentioned the time that we had the uh, conference in Raleigh and the bus broke down. Were y'all there? It was the TCNC conference, and we got on the bus at North Hills. As soon as we got on the belt line, the bus broke down. And <laughs> side, yep. the side of the road. Y'all remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got one I'll add. And it has to do with when I knew that we needed to change locations for the Southeastern Conference. And I think we were at the old place. Eh, it's probably mid to late morning, and I decided to go to the restroom. And uh, and got to the rest. <laughs> I got to the restroom and uh, realized at a bad time that there was no toilet paper <laughs> in the stall. It had not been changed, and so I knew right away. It went through my head. I said, you know, we've been thinking about it. We might, it might be time to change venues. I think it's time to change venues. So, thank God I was able to get a hold of Jimmy Simpson and he was able to run something down for me. But, uh, but yeah, I knew that day it's time to change venues if we've outgrown this place. You know, that's a great friend right there, too, and you can make a phone call and they'll bring you some toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought about that. I was like, "Oh gosh, that's that was." Uh, yeah, I, I knew I knew we needed to change venues right then and there. Well, guys, we want to thank you for your time today, uh, Tommy, Bill, Bruce. It's been great to to hear the stories of how all of this started, and it's great to see where we've come, and can't wait to see where we where we end up in the future. So, thanks, guys. Thank Enjoyed you, it, Robbie. Robbie. Thank you. Thank y'all for joining us. Thank y'all for being here. Enjoyed. Thank it. you, guys. 